I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. Gentlemen and ladies, you have asked and you shall receive because I got the Long Beach State alum. I got AV beer, FIV beer, and whatever kind of V beer. Ian Satterfield, what's up, man? What's up, Jason? Thanks so much for having me. So for everybody listening, this is Ian Satterfield's first podcast. I'm busting them out. <laughs> Nervous. Well, listen, the only reason why I burn it up is because I lost my voice a couple of days ago. So you, so the man with the gift of gab, this is the episode you might have to carry me a little bit. All good. I can do that. Cool, man. Um, Well, shit. We were... um. I did a, like a Google search on you. <laughs> and there was, an, go. There, was an Ian, there was an Ian Satterfield that died. <laughs> oh, no. Born in 1991, died 2020. And I'm no. like, how the fuck died of that? <laughs> My life? Is it pinch me? Like... <laughs> it's like, Ian, I thought you were dead. You're like, I was, man. 2020, everybody died, <laughs> right? But I came back. Yes. But isn't it one of those years you wish we could just like, like cross off and just just call this year 2020 and forget like that ever happened you know yeah to be honest 2020 was probably my best year yet so i can't i'm not in the same boat as most people and why is that i you know i did more traveling than i usually do i got to compete with adam roberts on the east coast uh for about four months last year met a lot of awesome people while i was out there had uh a great time playing volleyball and training the whole summer and uh honestly have no complaints i like it yeah adam roberts is pre man he's talk about resuscitating his career like the last just the last two years alone right uh main draw i think him and um <clears throat> him and banesh i think they beat um slick and allen on center court hermosa beach they, they also win. beat david lee and rosie um, or was it, no, is it Troy Field? No, 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 sorry. No, 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 David Lee and Rosie um, beat on Troy Field and um, Baumgren, I remember that. And I think he won Myrtle Beach. He won with uh, Trevor Crabb, right? Yeah. I I would assume so. We also yeah. won Myrtle Beach. Oh, you did? We cool, did. man, yeah. Myrtle Beach is cool because, first of all, it's not like teams that are committed to each other the whole year. Like, it's so random. Like, I saw Lucena play with Taylor Crabb, right? You saw Phil play with somebody else. You saw Trevor, right? Trevor doesn't usually play with Adam Roberts. That was that was a cool team, Adam. Adam lives there, so, you know, Trevor goes there, and, you know, he's got, probably got the red carpet treatment, right? Because I think Adam got a little money put away for a rainy day, you know. He ain't Jason Rich, but, but I mean, you know, he, I, think he, I think he's comfortable. <laughs> That's right, Adam. I could buy you twice, you broke bitch. Um, no, no, I'm playing. But um, yeah, I had Kevin Knight on the podcast, and he actually made it all the way to the finals, which was kind of like his coming out party, if you know who Kevin Knight is. Like, if, you, if you've been to Myrtle Beach, you have to know who he is. He is this genius. This He's, a, he's a, like a PhD lab rat, right? I mean, he's yep, doing, yep. He's doing like and real work. Great chef. Mm-hmm. And yes. I don't know what they call a baker. He's a great baker as well. He could throw down. He could throw down. God yeah, that you could barbecue, that. man. Oh my god! I told him he comes here, man. Don't you know? Stay with me. But of course, there's an there's an incentive for me. Come on. 
<laughs> right? Look, I moved to California. Absolutely. I learned Absolutely. the game, man. I used to be a something for nothing guy, but now guess what? <laughs> you in my house is because you're probably a chef. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good uh, good friends to have, you know? So you play with Adam where? Or Myrtle? Where else? Yeah, we played in eight tournaments last summer. Uh, <clears throat> Wilmington twice. Uh, Myrtle Beach. Atlantic City. Virginia Beach. Jacksonville and Panama City. Wow. Panama City. Was that in Norseka? These were all AVP America events. Oh, cool, man. Man, they've been really coming through. There's a big one coming up in June, but not supposed to talk about it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> So maybe when when we get cut off or when <laughs> when we go off there, I'll talk to you a little bit about it because it, it, the only reason why I know is because it involves me as um, a color commentator. Um, let's just say... I've been a bigger events and I've been a, been a small events, but this year and next year, they're going to be some huge moments I've been waiting for all my life. There's, um, eight, awesome. um and, hear, and the man. AVP America is only a one-time thing. It's, it's going to happen in the South, of course, because the South is like the new wild West, right? <laughs> yep, yep. I'm looking at the live streams. I'm like, I'm like, man, they don't give a F. <laughs> yeah. The way I, I, I just got back from Florida and the way mm. I describe it to my friends, it's, uh, it's like everyone's freshman year. <laughs> Rob McLean says, what's up, y'all? He's on the live. He's on. What's up, Rob? Now, that's a guy you got to train with. You know why? Because, listen, Rob, as long as we've known Rob, he's always been athletic, you know, always had the, like, 11-5 reach. But there was something about him where he couldn't get out of his own way from the neck up. And the last 12 months, he's just he just took a year away from volleyball. He trained a little bit with Ali San, you know, and he actually helped Avery Dross prepare for um, San Antonio. Um, oh, wow. and he's for real right now. I've been training him, um, him, um, Oz jumps in on with us. So the Aurora, um, Gustavo USC, the, the assistant coach. So he conquered a lot of demons up, upstairs, man. And now it's, it, I think he's time. I think it's, it's, he's ready, man. He's like the, uh, the qualifier. He was in the, the fourth, the last round twice, like Boag and Jacobs. He was right there, but now he's, he's exactly where he needs to be. So, you know, you need to get with him. Because we have, a, we actually have a calendar where we're disciplined. We're not. Oh, I don't feel like training today. No. If we, if if it's March 11th, eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock. If it's March whatever. So we run. We run a really really tight ship. And so far, it's it's a tight tiny group. It's it's Oz because Oz has got like a great mind. You know, and Oz actually you know more often than not is just you know servicey, just good hands or whatever. But um, yes, tiny group. And I don't want it to get bigger. I like t- tiny groups of small personal attention, and that's all. And that's all I'm asking for. And I love, I'd love for you to jump in on that. I'm openly inviting this dude. I can't believe him without Rob's permission. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, um, how did Panama turn out? Man, to be honest, uh, it's hard for me to. Uh, it's like a blur. Differentiate between the Florida <laughs> tournaments because it was a while ago. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it was very hot. Um, if it's the tournament that I'm recalling, uh, we might not have even finished the tournament. I, I remember one of the Florida tournaments that we played in last year uh, was supposed to be one day, but uh, due to uh, certain events, we were unable to finish. And we probably got to the quarters by the time there was no more light. So. Right. Kind of just had to call it there, figure out a, a solution between the players and the tournament director, and uh, go from there. 
I like that. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I'm just sharing this on my my regular page. Sharing this on my my Jason page. Teasing people. I like Texas for that reason. Like, I don't know where the these facilities where they have the night lights, but I'm up. It's like ten o'clock ten o'clock West Coast time. And these guys are doing their semis and their finals. And I'm like, dude, they're doing this for me, man. It's prime time. <laughs> Yo, and, and that's why you said Florida and Texas is like freshman year. It's like spring break or something like that. That's what it looks like, right? There's like, um, for people at home, you know, that say you should wear a mask everywhere. This probably isn't your podcast. <laughs> um, but they've pretty much kept men's volleyball afloat because I, I honestly thought that this pandemic probably was kind of like the beginning of the end for men's men's beach volleyball as we know it right I mean if you look at indoor and we're going to talk about your indoor career in a little bit like indoor where it's already the best your children of NCAA sports right and you're you're only offered 4.5 scholarships a team how are you gonna how are you gonna slice up that pie um duh, um 16 mm-hmm. or 17 ways right UCLA had 22 people what Jeez, Long Beach, I'm sure, has a lot of players, too. Yeah. We did when I was there. Yes. That's why when someone's mom's like, oh, my son's got a full scholarship, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. You know you <laughs> You know, your son. I mean, because, look, if someone's kid got it like that, where 4.5 scholarships, like that one kid got a full ride, it should show. <clears throat> it should show. Your, right. your eye test, right? It should show. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be player of the year. No doubt. Yeah, because – um. Look, back when I played, there were only eleven or twelve man rosters, so so you could take four point five and, and and actually let it rock, you know, like Jason Olive. Um, I don't, you probably, I, I mean, you're a South Bay, you're a South Bay product, so you probably know who he is. He's um, U of H, former U of H star in the nineties. Um, he gave up his scholarship because he was a model, and they wanted him to, um, they said he couldn't model, he couldn't like profit from whatever and he's like he's like yeah y'all can go good y'all can go to hell i was a model before he was a model because he was a model before he he went to u of h so it's not like he was using like the billboard material to to profit from his likeness his likeness existed before they did so he he, he took him to court they split the difference you know he gave up a scholarship didn't need it i mean he's a fucking model um they gave the scholarship to uvaldo Katz. this guy from this lefty who by the way i think was player of the year and took him to the final four so <clears throat> yeah hey so while i'm yapping away let's segue to long beach state you played um 2011 to 2014 yeah yeah basically uh mm. as uh, three or four seasons yeah so that's quite a rock star um that's that's quite the cast there ian right yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, my freshman year walked onto a team that had, I think, three All Americans with, uh, I think it was Dean Bittner, Tommy Pasolesi, and Dan Alexander, something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, you were Oppo. Yep. I started off my <clears throat> first seasons when I actually got on the court. I was actually a serving sub, but uh, during practice, I was the opposite slash right side attacker. Okay. I think your passing's really good. I watch you pass on the beach, and your technique is indoor. You know where a lot of people are doing the, these kind of dips, like bounce off their knee and pass. You're getting low, and I'm sure all the coaches are like, "Oh, why are you doing it that way?" But I'm like, "You're doing what works," you know. 
And um, yeah, I do. Uh, I do my best to translate a lot of the information that Isaac Newbel uh, preaches and uh, a lot of angles and because uh, I feel like there's a lot more options when receiving serves outside of your midline, especially on the beach, because, you know, th there's so many factors that are going to affect the movement of the ball, um, being able to adjust your platform, especially last second uh, to the movement is very key, in my opinion. Nice. I um, also think like angling your platform um, helps for beach because with indoor, like maybe you got to dive for a ball, you know the, there's a chance the ball's not going to come back to you, right? They're probably going to run a play. You know, you, you're putting your body out there as a, as, a, as a receiving specialist because you're trying to run maybe middle or a shotgun X or, you know, like a, like a what, a, a back real quick, like what I call a X equivalent, um, you know. But for beach, you know, you can't be doing all that diving and following through shit because it's exhausting. <laughs> you got to create a string, right? You still got to yeah. you still got to create your string, right? So, um, sorry, I keep that's John Mayer talk. You know what I mean by create a string, right? Because no one's no, I don't. I okay. don't watch any volleyball stuff. All right, well, no one's ever heard. I've never heard of it, and no one's ever heard of it, and I never heard of it until John used used it, and now I use it because John used it. Um, I was John's assistant at um LMU, um, Laura Lamarmont for the women's beach team, so. Um, basically, it's just finding a place where you can get to your runway, to your approach, creating a string. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got a lot of wind. You you recreate your string towards the setter, right? You know, um, um, uh, traditionally, right? That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's about knowing your partner. But traditionally, you want you want a string ocean side, you know, towards your setter, you know. And it's a former indoor term for middles, creating a string. Like if the setter backs up, the middle comes with him. And, and many systems, if the setter moves forward, the, like the, the the middle, you know, circles forward, uh, left with him, you know. And some teams don't do that. Some teams it's just middle state, you know. The setter just finds him, you know. And, and we've right. seen we've seen a lot of offenses too um, that do that. So, but that's creating a string. I'm yapping away. Who else was on your team at Long Beach State? Was wasn't Taylor Crab there? I think Taylor got um Player of the Year 2013. He did. He yeah. did. We didn't even make the Final Four, and the dude got Player of the Year. Pretty impressive, huh? <laughs> Balling out, dude. Yeah, Taylor and I graduated in 2014 together. We mm -hmm. our other seniors were Dalton Ammerman, Jeff Ornay, McKay Smith, right. um, and a couple other guys. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting them, um, but yeah, it was a ton of fun and. <laughs> Honestly, playing with Taylor at that level, it was it was like watching a man play amongst kids. Yeah, he's um he's another another great player that trans translated or transcended to the beach um, seamlessly. And I, I think those two positions, the outside hitter and the setter, are the ones that you know seem to do it more seamlessly because they don't have to reinvent a beach technique except like you said you know make sure you know if you're going to be angling your platform make sure you freaking face it because because what a lot of hitters do on the beach because they're so good at it for indoor they're doing like left shoulder serve sometimes they're facing forward and they're doing this right see i'm still looking at you instead of this yeah. i'm facing forward both forearms are going where they're going up so will it go to the target maybe but but you just, you just officially give the ball a mind of its own. Where if you're doing this right, um, your margin for error is going to be up and down towards the net. So just I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. All yeah. about dropping one shoulder, finding that pinch in your side. Yeah, that's that's why that's why um and Betsy's Betsy Flint has been teaching a lot of the girls to do that. If you face your angle, 
um, with your with your head mechanically the shoulder goes down right so by physics the other one's gonna go up so um, yeah pretty cool man Alan Knipe talk to me about him best coach I've ever had yeah Pretty- I'm sorry to all my other coaches, but yeah, best coach I've ever had. Well, this is not the podcast where people take your praise for somebody as a slap in the face to others. This is, this is you know, I mean, there are other podcasts for that. <laughs> you, yeah. You're with me now, bro. Um, One of the better human beings too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just a all around ultimate human being. Um, and even after graduating, his support for his former players and alumni is endless. Yeah. He's helped me land coaching jobs. Um, and he, his philosophies, techniques, systems are things that not only uh, greatly improved my volleyball game, and I still play, watch video, and remind myself of things that he taught us when I was in college and I'm like, Oh yeah, I should know this. Um, and then it's just like a reminder, but outside of volleyball, a lot of his philosophies are, um, geared towards helping you succeed in life as well. Yeah. I get the sense from that, from him. I've, um, I know, I will only say I know him enough. I mean, I don't know him as intimately as his players. Well, no, I mean, and I shouldn't, right? You spend four years with the guy. Your sample. Oh no, I actually had maybe two. But but cumulatively, your sample size is bigger than some family members, right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're literally spending more time with him than his own family is. So, I I like him because when I moved to California, um, they had like um, high performance tryouts. And um, someone threw my name in the in the bag. Hey, this guy just moved here. He's from New York. He was, you know, Madison Square Garden. He won Coach of the Year. In, you know, MSG. Um, so I was, you know, I was making some. I was, I was what you got. I was what you call the do more with less, coach. Right? I wasn't, I wasn't the guy. I wasn't the okay mechanic in a room full of Ferraris. I was the great mechanic turning Pintos into Tauruses, to put it, to put it that way. So. So he invited me to do um, the trial process for the opposites and setters and cool. And, you know, and, you know, got talked, chatted a little bit, gave me some Donald Sujo, you know, got to work with him side by side a little bit. We all love Donald Sujo. Phenomenal um, setter. And honestly, that just that one day alone. And then, you know, I'm, I'm coaching Evolution, one of the uh, Duncan Avery's uh, Long Beach. There's a Long Beach alum for you, right? How's yeah, that? grew How's... up uh, playing against him when he was coaching. Well, he was also one of my first coaches, but uh, he was at Redondo when I was at Costa. Was at Costa? That's a that's um for coaching the people. Yes, but listen, for the people listening at home, that's um the Cowboys and and Washington, <laughs> right? That's the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. That's a true true rivalry that was mm-hmm. indianapolis against the patriots that was right that was bulls knicks that was um so regionally for the people you know who don't know or care about the south bay mira and no matter no matter what if you had a bad season you could like we have to beat the, you if, if we beat redondo twice it's not a bad it's it's, it's still a win so yeah, yeah. yeah them and loyola yeah yes loyola yep yeah, but Duncan, um, program director for Evolution, uh, gave me his 16s, and I, I did some really good stuff with him. And I run into night, you know, all the time, and this and that, and still the same guy. He remembers people. He remembered me. So, it's know. awesome. Yeah, but um, so who else was on his team? Trevor was on his team. I think he was a senior, yeah. right? 
Yeah, so Trevor's first year at Long Beach was also my first year at Long Beach. He came in after transferring from, I think, a basketball school. He had just had crazy shoulder surgery. Uh, I know you probably know him now as like this solid dude. Uh, and he's always been pretty big, but my freshman year, because of his sh shoulder surgery, his uh, muscles in his right arm had atrophied quite a bit, and it was very noticeable. And it took him a few years to recover, um, to get to the point where he could even hit a ball with heat. Uh, but that didn't stop him from competing and talking trash. No, of course. Oh, so he's always been like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like him because he... Um moves the needle for beach volleyball right i mean there are some people whose games are so dominant they generate fans that way because their game speaks for themselves like arch karai was never a noisy person and he you know he didn't start tearing down net systems until his late 30s or 40s anyway he was pretty you know quiet dude um do you remember that video he like lost his shit <laughs> yeah i've seen it it's pretty do i need pretty to find goal. that do I, do I need to find that I, I, I think i need to find that but um then you got someone like phil um, you know, uh, walks quietly, but with a big stick. <laughs> so, um, who else? Taylor, pretty quiet. I mean, he'll stare across the net a little bit, but there's, that's more of like a pecking order, like people he knows or whatever. And it's, it's, and people may, may blow it up for what it really, um, I don't know. He's not, he's not, not nearly not like his brother. <laughs> so, and then you got Trevor who, I think that keeps him pumped, you know, and I think it's about finding a partner who can, um, I don't know, sustain, sustain that with him, right? Like Absolutely. I mean, you ever play indoor and you have a fiery player and then someone chats across the net, he chats back and the very next player team gets aced? I mean, some, right. Some people can't handle it. Some people don't, right. have, some people don't have his back, <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to put it that way. It's just the best way I know how to phrase that. Some people don't have, you know. Um, I was just trying to look up Karch Karai loses his mind. <laughs> I don't want, I don't see it. Oh my God. I see uh, Todd Rogers one went is, is, um, viral. You ever see the Todd Rogers one? I have not. He was mad, dude. He, he's like, I can't believe they let this chick ref. She sucks. He was just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it was, I don't know if it was in Latvia, but it, it was against um, Lion King, um, like some, um, some, some more loves and, um, and, um, shit. Smedins. Smedins, yes. Todd Rogers loses his mind. I bet you, I bet you that shit pops up. Here it is. Let's, 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 let's F around a little bit. <laughs> This is this is freaking hilarious. Little bad pass. So that little J hook pass. <laughs> now watch when it gets to the camera. I'm gonna turn it off after this, but I gotta leave it on long enough for this. Watch this. She sucks. <laughs> 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 ah, that's. I mean, I probably would have called him double on that too. Yeah, but but 
Oh, so what? What do you think? Is that what you think the call was? Or do you think she said he wasn't square? Like his shoulders weren't square? Uh, he looked square to me. It just looked like there was a little bit of spin on it. Yeah, I think he's just mad because he J hooked that ball right on that left shoulder. He little he, he like J hooked yeah. it, and um, like Phil dove out for it. It's like, ma'am, you you just wasted a dive from my player. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's so. a ultra competitive human being, so I I'm not surprised <laughs> by that response whatsoever. Yeah, and truly the professor. Truly, he's been a coach before he was a coach. You know, and he's. Uh, I hear just being around the dude, you just get tons and tons of knowledge just from the people I've talked to who have just been uh, somehow involved with him in one way or another, which is an awesome quality to have. Yeah, man. Hey, Christy Jones, man, that was one of his. That's one of his Jedi's. She's um one of the best, very much like you. She's one of the best players. A lot of people don't talk about and should, you know, right? Don't you think so? Appreciate that. But then, I don't know who she is. So all right, Chrissy Jones. Um, there's only a handful of African American players, um, on on the tour, uh, um, at, at the high level. You got Fallon, right? She's got some someone in her, but uh, I mean, everything about that woman says black girl. Um, Jeff Samuels, right? Who's um, blackness does not sneak up on you. You don't look at his him and say that's that guy. That guy could be Dominican. No, he's black. He's he is a psychic blood brother from from Michigan. Um, Chrissy Jones from the qualifier 2019 all the way to the, the semifinals. So, Dang. Yeah. And the three cu- goosebumps from yeah. that, man. And the three cups uh, the AVP had, the three cups that they did. Um, she qualified twice. And then um, I think she had enough points for one of them. So she was playing with Muno from UCLA. And I, I don't know who her partner is now, but. This girl is wrecking shop and roofing people off the court, and she's dynamic, and she's not just this tall black girl that can hit. She's got, you know, her hands are improving. Her her platform is 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 indoor worthy, and I'm like, they need to talk about her more. They need to talk about you more, you know. So I gotta do gotta do better. You know, at the end of the day, the reason why people aren't talking more is because I gotta do better. There's that, but there's also, well, I think that's you realizing two things. One. Um, you gotta put, you know, the the work speaks for itself. My last episode with Rob, uh, our sports debate show, was called "You Are What Your Record Says." That's what that's what the episode's called, because I'm I'm an East Coast guy. I'm, you know, New York. The best, the the meanest coaches you've ever met in your life are New Yorkers. The 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 meanest, everything. The meanest refs. The meanest comedians. Um, you know, Bill Parcells, Patterson, New Jersey. Um, Pat Riley, connected in New York. You know, Chuck Daly. Um. Larry Brown, you know, Brooklyn, New York. So we, um, you are what your record says you are. But there, we can't deny that as far as opportunities being handed to some people, and I, I don't like the word being handed to, but let's just put it this way. You're, you're going to love this. When when you run stairs, me and you are running stairs. There's a stair running competition. Um, the amount of stairs you run is pure meritocracy. All right, you ran 66, you beat me by two stairs, you young fuck, right? <laughs> um, so running the stairs is a, is a meritocracy. Getting in the building is not, right? I mean, Alex Kleiman's doing good, but who who's her first partner? 
you know what I mean? So I'm not saying she's not earning it. I'm just saying, and I'm and I'm just saying that some people have to do a little bit more to get to where they gotta go. But I think two things, and you're very good with this. I think once you realize some things aren't fair, such as life, um, and you move on, right? And the second thing is California, particularly the West Coast. This is why I'm gonna give West Coast love. They reward people for not taking that fact, kicking and screaming. <laughs> right? You get to where you got to go. You haven't said, you're not a complainer anyway, but you, you, I mean, who is your, who is your best partner in your beach career? Go. Man. Uh, we ready to slap some people in the face again, right? Who's <laughs> Go ahead. No, uh, but I look, don't, I don't let's really just list have, off a few. You got yeah. Adam Roberts. That's a very good partner, especially at this yeah. time, right? You had Jeff Samuels. Um, I was actually watching your FIVB qualifier at Huntington. Jeff had a really bad second match, but um, you guys, I mean, Vitor and Guto, I thought you guys were evenly matched. It was just it was just about who had a bad match, right? Who? Yeah, and they, yeah. They, uh, they had a few more practices than we did together, and it seemed like they had a bit more chemistry on the court. They had right. some already preset plays that they ran. I mean, man, I got PTSD from Guto bouncing on a couple of fakes on me. Yes. I'm like, dang, this is what the next level's like. All right. That was a top 10 play, by the way. It was nasty. Had, you um, know, freaking Vitor comes in for the fake option. Yes, I had a top 10 or the um, Guto going out, the faking going out to the pin and then running in for the front two. That was know? while Vitor was doing a fake option. Yeah. Well, the fake option would actually lead you back to the middle anyway. So, you know, so, so I mean, but, um, I had a top 10 plays of Huntington beach, California, and that was Guto running to the antenna as if it was going to be a shoot and then just jumps in. And I said, and he sat or feels Ian. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was, um, it was pretty cool. So, so but Jeff Samuels, right? Mark Burek, Talk about good learning curve. Talk about a guy who bet on himself um, with a heightened level of success, right? He has the only, to my knowledge, the only adult uh, camp in the South Bay because we don't care about adults here. We care about juniors, right? So. Care about everybody. Yeah. Where do you coach right now? I, I don't coach. No? I, I stepped away. I mean, I, people do uh, provide coaching opportunities for me and, when they arise, like I will coach privates and clinics, but right now I'm uh, spending my time and energy elsewhere. Nice, cool, man. How's your conditioning? How's your, how's your, um, as far as nagging injuries are concerned? Uh, no real injuries, honestly. None? Nah, I mean, the only complaint that I would have is uh, when I coached, uh, I was hitting and serving a lot of balls for players. Uh, and so that did take a toll on my shoulder, which is actually a big reason why I stepped away from coaching, uh, because I was putting in like anywhere from like eight to 12 hour days uh, from start to finish from training and coaching. Uh, and I was grinding, but <clears throat> my body just physically wasn't able to handle that much coaching and playing if I wanted to compete at my highest level. Right. Cool. Here's the play I was talking about. Here we go. Oh God. Six, go for the Gusto, or should I say go for the Guto? Guto with a beautiful pass, but we just better you take one step. Front two, and Satterfield's <laughs> in, who was totally fooled by the block. So that was, um, 
that was the play and, and the cool play is you didn't you only needed to take a twitch step that way and i think they, and he knew that that was enough to like go cross court and this and that so yeah that's uh honestly that's a result of poor eye work on my end uh watching mm-hmm. the ball instead of watching the the team right if i had recognized that was just instinct right i'm ball watching uh trying to protect Vitor and then feeling that Guto's outside but still watching the ball not realizing that he's coming back in right I gotta yeah. get my eyes on the attacker faster as soon as I recognize that Vitor is not coming over with that ball it's true well for me for blocking technique because my first coaching job was a blocking co- uh, coach and it's for me I always teach my kids on just on a fundamental level ball hitter ball ball right balls pass see where the hitters are going ball so if you see if you go ball then hitter at the ver- um before you go back to ball you'll see you'll actually see him uh, break break a certain direction because it's a two because there's no way you're going to go back to the ball and 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 see that if it i mean if it were higher yeah he could he could fake it but he had to he had to get moving for that too so technique technique wise and i learned this in germany too i played um i played a, um professionally in germany as an outside hitter in darmstadt a ball hitter ball and i had to i'm only six one so <laughs> you know so what's your wingspan six five yeah. <clears throat> mine, excuse me six five mine's six eight <laughs> so, Dang. Yeah. I'm a walking group hug. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. Yeah, that's how I that's how I survived. You know, I was an outside hitter there, and then um, I became a setter. And really, thir- I've been playing almost thirty years and twenty five years as a setter. I set for Bameso a little bit. You know, um, never went to nationals with him, but I helped. You know, I did. I spent the whole winter with him, and then Batista at that at that time. You know, joined the team later. Frankie, you know, Valdez. I yep, think he was at yep. Long Beach State. Um, spent a lot of time in New York. That's my homie right there. And nice. um, they only lost one set. They won 2004, 2005. They only lost a set. Damn. So, and but that team, I was the only guy that spoke. No, no one spoke English. Everyone spoke Spanish except for Frankie. So, um, but they want me to pay to go to nationals. I'm like, yeah, come on, y'all go kick rocks with that, you know. Batista gets to go for free, but 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 me, I've been with y'all the whole time. I'm, you know, what so. Yeah, and they say they're out of North Carolina. No, then that's a lot. They're they're all out of uptown New York, um, Washington Heights. So, Miracosta, who'd you play with? That that that's I mean, um, produced a lot of talented players. Is there anyone of note besides yourself, of course, that you that you had um, the, a lot of fun playing with? Um, as far as players that continued on to the next level or players that were great at that level. What, All right, let me spend it this way. What was your best season at Miracosta? 2008. Fresh, 2008. Cool, man. Who'd you play with? Uh, that year we played with, or I played with Dylan Cordick, Stephen Maholski, Mitchell Johnson, Will Thomas, Brandon Ray, uh, actually Eric Maholski as well, Evan Light. A lot of those guys um, who all went Division One. Cool man, yeah, it's a, it is the, it's like the Abraham Lincoln High School of California. <laughs> you know, like um, um, recruiting in California is like five or six different zip codes, right? It's like, it comes down to like eight eight schools, like Huntington okay. at the time. I believe it. Yeah, well, in New York, it's eight high schools for basketball. It's like. 
six public schools and two private schools represent like 11% of the NBA's talent, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Jamal Mashburn, um, who else? Stefan Marbury, you know, Brooklyn kid, so, so, it's pretty unique, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very awesome growing up in a area where volleyball was worshipped and then actually being pretty good at it helped if you never left the south bay you would have thought you would have thought everyone played it <laughs> right yeah. you're like yeah you what you don't yeah just go to the beach and there's courts everywhere and people playing all the time no doubt even my gta game i played gta 5 last night i was up yelling at my game um, <laughs> they, they had a beach volleyball court and one of like the getaways so i'm like cool, that's all right. amazing yeah it's um they it's a mockery like a parody of what california life is um very very intelligently written game as far as the scripts and the storyline as far as character um development and certain neighborhoods you know like they have their version of south central their version of the south bay their version of downtown you know hollywood so like just walking down the street hear people on their phones the conversations um you get into a car their radio stations it's it's such a it's how is this game for kids? How is this game? How is this game for this game is not for kids, dude. How is well, this game? Well, I mean, for kids? I grew up on some GTA and that was not kid friendly at all. No, no look, Vice <laughs> City. Me, I'm gonna go no, but growing up, Vice City, right? That was Florida, mm-hmm. right? Um, parodying Florida. Um, GTA Four, very good job on like New York. They even had like the the Brooklyn and Manhattan Bridge. So, um, yeah, man, that's what I was doing last night. What's so so you ain't got time for video games now? I, I play occasionally, but I try to spend most of my time uh, learning and trying to better myself. Cool, man. So, what do you do to better yourself, Ian? Well, right now I'm working on launching a couple of e commerce businesses. So, I'm doing a lot of research on how that works and how Shopify works and different business structures and how I am able to. St- take my ideas that are in my head and then make them real. Um, that's I actually had a Zoom call earlier today with someone who uh, is probably going to help me out down the line, connecting me with certain brands. Yeah. Wow. Cool, man. You're like doing real work. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been coaching since I've been out of college and it's been awesome. It's gotten me to where I am. But uh, for me, um, big picture wise, it wasn't the kind of money that I wanted to make long term. Um, and I have a few ideas that I believe are going to allow me to live the life that I want and still allow me to also compete and travel. Wow, perfect. Cool, man. That's why you came so professional and prepared for this one. You had a you had a Zoom before this. I'm like, listen to this guy <laughs> being all professional on this. Cool, man. So, um, um, who do you who who are you training with? Who are you playing with this year? Yeah, great question. A lot of people have been asking me that, and to be honest, I don't have an answer. Um, I'm always really just focusing on myself trying to better my game um, and the opportunities will arise. Uh, There are certain people that I'm looking at as far as potential partners, but um, as of right now, there's nobody that I've locked anything in with. Um, Again, it just goes back to taking care of things in my game that uh, I know that I need to work on in order to be successful at the level that I want to be at. 
Um, and if I take care of those things, those better partners are going to, it's going to work out. Um, well, you probably have a partner by FUDS, by the time FUDS comes along. Tell them, since I've been doing all the talking here, you're going to take the wheel for me. Tell everybody what FUDS is. Man, FUDS, uh, <laughs> something that I don't know much about other than it's a four-on-four tournament in West Florida. Um, I would guess that it's kind of like the East Coast equivalent of the Manhattan Beach six-man, uh, where it's a giant uh, volleyball event that spans over a few days. Um, there's a lot of partying, a lot of costumes or dressing up, a lot of fun, but a lot of great competition as well. Um, High-level play combined with high-level partying, it's kind of... Uh, a summary it's kind of like Manhattan the beach sixes. community. It's kind of like Manhattan Sixes, right? From what it's I understand, sports, yeah. this will be my first FUDS. Yeah. You're playing with uh, Jeff? Um, yeah, Jeff. Madison Jeff McKibben? I, I'm not sure if we got Madison or not. I've got a phone call with Jeff actually after this, uh, this podcast. But uh, we have a couple decent players. Jeff got me and uh, we were able to acquire Rosie and David Lee as well and might have a couple other guys joining us. There's your blockers right there, man. There's your blockers. <laughs> There's your wing defenders. Yeah, Rosie's probably gonna set. Probably, I mean, I mean, he could bounce balls too. Don't get me wrong, but actually, let, let's see if I have a fuds video. Let's see. This is wow, look at the quality on this. It does look very South Bay-ish. Let's do, let's do like a couple more seconds. Man, get off your damn knees. All right, I'll see you Was that Trevor on his damn knees? I don't think, that? That, I don't think no. Trevor does warm-up stuff like that. No, I, that's what I'm saying. No, we got to see that again. No, that's not him. Okay, he's too small. He definitely is too small to be Trevor. Get your little alien looking baby. Okay, that's enough for that. <laughs> we ain't seen nobody. You see him, he's shaking his behind and his pee, and his pee pee going up and down. Man, we don't want to see that. <laughs> so, so um, so Fuds is happening in April. Yes, that's correct. I believe the event that I'll be competing in is April seventeenth. Again, I'm not sure if it's a two day event. I don't know if it's the seventeenth, eighteenth, uh, or just the seventeenth, but. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Are you a smart guy? Do you, when you do these events, do you do you always get the extra day at the hotel? What do you mean by that? I know some people like for nationals. I give you an example for juniors for nationals. When they book the coaches' flights, it's like boom, last day. You know, tournament's over. You're literally running. Yeah, you know, you're like, dude, I'm already checked out of the hotel. I'm lugging all my bags back and forth here, and, and I literally have to run for this flight. <laughs> are you an extra day guy absolutely i uh have had my fair share of mm. uh, missing flights <laughs> no no i've only intentionally <laughs> missed one flight uh <laughs> but i've had my fair mm. share of like staying up rushing back to the hotel grabbing my stuff and then just going straight to the airport been there done that it's exhausting now i do my best to plan my flights either like late sunday or even monday morning or something cool man i like that so i've been looking at a list of all of the partners that you played with um 
all the way from Cody Watton to Chris Austin, right? The under the under twenty ones. Yeah. So yeah. R- Riley McKibben, Andrew Dentler, Rafi Polis, of course. Yeah. Um Doc Vandermeer. Uh, who I nicknamed the Savage. That dude, that man. You talk about somebody that's a ferocious defender, right? You know? Um, yeah, fierce competitor for sure. Yeah, Mark Burek. I'm actually going to give you a name, a couple of names as for ideal partners. I like Miles Partain. You know, huge upside. Um, yeah, you know, and he's got the sauce. Yeah, and and he runs a tight ship for a young guy, you know, as far as being on time and being disciplined in his practices, going, you know, going all out. Uh, this huge uh, John Mayer type learning curve or Todd Rogers type learning curve. If you ever see him like miss a dig, he'll like simulate. Um, a whole second later, he'll simulate without the ball, like the right way he was supposed to do it, like, you know, to himself. And like everybody's watching, but he's in his own world, like, okay, like this. Like if he does this. It'd be like next one. It'd be like, you know. So he's very good at self-correcting. He's also one of those people that uses opp- the opportunities that were given to him. You know, I mean, certainly the kid with no excuses. I mean, he qualified with his brother, right? Fifteen years old. Fifteen years old. You were playing with Mark Burek in that tournament. Um, mm-hmm. His brother was seventeen. And um, what else? Yeah, his brother's at UCLA now. Yeah, that's awesome. Are they both at UCLA or just one of them? I think they both are. I think Miles is eighteen. I mean, sooner or later. I, I don't think he's playing though. I think his brother's setting, yeah. but he this kid decided he wanted to be a beach player. I mean, right. it makes sense. Long way before. I mean, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why not? Because there's no damn money in it. There's no monetary gain <laughs> in it. You know what I mean? No, but I, I mean, it makes sense, like you said, being as, in, in regards to being decisive on taking your talents to the beach or balancing your time indoor. Um, we have definitely transformed from uh, s- splitting time. Some people are making lead dis- what I call lead decision. So um, started with the women, right? Because when it became an NCAA sport, Girls are not, they're not splitting their time playing indoor and outdoor anymore. You got a whole, a whole bunch of girls that are like, I just want to play beach. And these girls are like, I want to balance my time. But um, the men, I, I was still waiting. I mean, Ian, I mean, you know, I mean, we got to figure out a way to go to sport, man. If it became an NCAA men's sport, maybe. You know, but that's right. He's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath for that. That's what you get for coming on the podcast, man. You're such a positive guy. I just, I just, I just put a Debbie Downer on you. Were like, you were like, mm. <laughs> I gotta, be, even I gotta be honest about this one. So, I like Miles Partain. I love Rob McLean as as um as a player to train with to see if you want to play with. He's again his the way his mind his mind works like a coach, um, and he's had a lot of matches where he's had to split time. As, as a blocker and a defender. So he's also a hybrid player, you know, mm-hmm. some, in fact, some of the easier matches he could block, you could play D. Um, who else? Wow. It's not, not a whole lot on the horizon. You'd have to pick up a vet, man. You know, you have to pick up yeah. Billy, Billy Allen or someone, you know, you'd have to pick up, <laughs> you, yeah, you'd have to pick up a vet. You know? Yeah. Casey yeah. Patterson. If, uh, if I'm going to get pulled in the main draw or stay as a blocker for sure. There's that. So we got the Olympics coming up, bro. Do we? Yeah. Well, 
There's three <laughs> things in life before 2020. Death, taxes, and the Olympics. To me, I thought the Olymp- nothing would sideline the Olympics, and this pandemic managed to do that. But as the last 12 months have progressed, we have ex- accepted the reality that things are not the same, but we also accepted the reality that we're not going to hide behind our door until this goes away. It can right. Be. Everybody's Gotta like, oh, lives. you're right, because everyone's like, oh, flatten the curve a few months and in a few months. No, a few more months. Ah, oh, well, now maybe 2022, maybe till Ian Satterfield dies, you know? Um, <laughs> we're never going to die. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> until. But um, I think it's going to happen this year because the NBA showed how you can do it. I agree. NBA. I don't. Again, I don't see how you know NBA and these other pro sports. You look at the Super Bowl and events like that. I don't understand how we can have those and not have the Olympics. The NBA was genius in it. They said, "Let's get Disney World. Let's create a bubble. No one comes in, no one comes out, and it works so well. Three hundred fifty-four players, zero positive tests. You Love know? that. Zero positive tests. They were." The, the gold standard as far as how to do stuff. I mean, they showed people, then they had to spend a lot of money to do it. But then some people are like, wait, we can create a bubble and not spend all this money. I thought the AVP did a good job of creating like their own poor man's bubble. But when you, when you, t- wait, right, when you take into consideration the players that were in it anyway, um, only socialize, they're incestuous anyway, right? They don't, you know, let people outside of their circle in anyway. So, so that worked out. I don't think there were any positive tests for that. Um, and the Olympics, the dude, they have a village. <laughs> they have a village, the, the Olympic village. They can have a, a protocol, a quarantine period, 10 days before people go to the village. And then when the village comes, you know, when people come in, nobody comes in, nobody comes out. So if anyone can make it happen, it's them. And they, I know, agree. Right? I agree. And they have the money. Right, the NBA. Look, the NBA showed it for a price. I think the Olympics has them. Dude, they're not broke. <laughs> you know, the, the the athletes are, but very much like college. Right, everyone's get everyone gets paid except you. <laughs> right, the, the the coaches get paid. Um, hell, I get paid just talking about you talking about <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> but um, I guess the reason why I brought it up is because I had a discussion with Rob on our debate show. Um, we both agree the first teams for men, men, men and women are Ross and Kleiman and um, Taylor and Jake, right? I mean, I could definitely argue that. Right, yeah. Well, there's not, to, me, this, to me, that's where the argu- that argument stops. Where the argument starts is who's, who should be the second team. I'll go first on my show. I think I would like to see Trevor and Try. Um, but at the same time, I think Phil and Nick should go. Yeah. I mean, if I were to bet and I'm not a betting man, but I would say that Nick and Phil, Jake and Taylor would be our two teams that would be best representing us in the Olympics. Yeah. I like trying Trevor because when the stage is the biggest, particularly on the international scene, that's where they've been the most prosperous, right? You look at the five-star tournaments, you look at the four-stars, they're in the semifinals, they're in the mix, and you don't, I mean, there's no Phil or Nick to be found, isn't there? And Taylor and Jake was, <laughs> didn't didn't see, uh, didn't you know, didn't see the other crab in sight. So, um, 
for that for excitement purposes and and, and um, galvanizing American Beach volleyball, I'd love to have them in as as a second team. You know, I think our best shot at at um, um, making it to the semis is Taylor and Jake. And I'm not now. Nah, I ain't talking about winning the go. Come on, I mean, again, this is this this is the show where we got to be real. So people take that as a slap in the face. Then fine, I just smacked you. Um, but the best shot at getting on the podium like bronze would be ecstasy right now would be Taylor and Jake but for excitement purposes I really like what Try and Trevor are they they're they're dynamic they're um they're um versatile right they they split block for, uh, like the Latvians and um like some of the teams from Brazil so in this yeah of- I, I love what they stand for in the style of play that they uh perform yep yeah I, and I really like that they didn't fall into the trap of you're a, you're a front row blocker, you know this 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 whole American concept of you're not tall enough. That's all you're ever gonna be. You you can't do this. You can't do that. I don't like where our generational uh, volleyball thing is going in that regard. I don't. I will never tell a kid he can't do something. If I get a kid who's five eight and he wants to be an oppo and outside hitter, I'm gonna be like, look. I ain't gonna lie. There's a guy named Ian Satterfield that's six five. That's gonna take your lunch money. Um, and if you want to be as good as him, and if you want to be better than him, this is what you have to do. Exactly. I mean, and either you do or you don't. But we have too many coaches in volleyball that, and and other sports too, um, line a whole bunch of kids up against the wall. No, you're you're not this. No, you you can't be that. You can't be this. You can't be that. Too much of this can't shit, dude. So. Um, and I'm off subject again. Sorry. Um, good, you know, but um, and I think, but I brought it up because I think you share my sentiment too. This, this, I don't do can't. I'm like, if 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 you want can, <laughs> you know, this is how you're gonna do it. Is it fair? Hell no. You know, life isn't fair, right? Life sucks. Then you die. You know, and you lose your girl to someone as good looking like Ian. But um, <laughs> all right. So for the men, so let's go to the women now. Ross and Kleiman are already. I would affectionately refer to as one or one A on the world scene. Mm-hmm. You got them, you got the Canadians, and then you got um, Rebecca, who um, actually looks like she's getting into a shape. I mean, to me, um, I consider round a, round a shape, so she's in shape. But but um, but I don't know. It looks like you know she's people don't realize how young she is and her and her upside. And she was already good. You know, what I'm talking about Rebecca. She's um, I don't watch any She is this cute chunkita. She's like Misty Mesa. She but she got some weight on her legs and this and that. You know, kinda kinda looks like um like a big ten. I'll just describe her as like a kinda like a big ten um <laughs> outside of Libero, you know, like that body type. A <laughs> big ten conference. So, um, but she's top two, top three in the world. So so, but American teams. So second team right now on points. You got Kerry and you got um, Sweat, Brooke Sweat. Um, and just uh, not a lot of points behind them is Sponsel and Clays. So dynamically, I think a lot of people want to, would like to see Sponsel and Clays go because Clays has such a, a wonderful upside. Sponsel has probably the best female hands on the beach, right? You know, someone's that's what I hear. Yeah, well, someone said female and male, but I'm like, nah, I, I got you got Rafa Rodriguez, his, his hands are just you know, the fluidity. There's no catch and throw with him either. There's no FBI, there's none of that FBI catch and release stuff. So, you know, I don't think there's anyone that knows how to manipulate a volleyball better than Rafa. No, he's, maybe Karen Bula. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Scala does so. We're just talking about hands, too. Pure hands. Uh, Eric's, God rest his soul, the late Eric Zahn, but we're talking about people that are alive. So, uh, but but definitely the best hands on the beach. There were her and like Tal um, um, Talita um, from um, Brazil. So, who do you like for the second team between those three? Oh, sorry, sidelining, um, footnoting Kelly Kelly Kalinsky and Emily Stockman. Nice. Uh, again, I, I haven't watched any of them play except for when I saw you last Thursday. I watched uh, Sarah and Kelly Shame play. On you. I, I don't watch sports, man. Uh, it's not my thing. Um, <laughs> but my bias would probably be towards Kelly and Sarah um, just because I've just known Kelly since she was like 16. Uh, we traveled and played in a couple tournaments together and her and Sarah Hughes used to ball out. And I remember we were warming up, uh, doing a training draws with Miles Evans. We were playing against Sarah and Kelly and playing on a men's net and they almost beat us. And they were like yeah. 16. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Kelly hits hard, man. Kelly hits hard. I had a, fr I had a friend, um, she was a libero for Penn State, you know, got a, she won two chips and she was in a training session with Kelly and she had a concussion that, you know, six months went by and she still wasn't playing. She was Is that like, Lacey? Yeah, Lacey Fuller. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Miracosta. There you go. Dobin. Yeah, yeah we so. coached together. Well, shit, I didn't want to blow up her name, but since you said it, <laughs> Lacey, this one is on Ian. It's not my fault, man. <laughs> Blame <Dobin>. Satterfield. <laughs> So you, you said you don't watch a lot of sports, do you? But I suspect you do watch basketball. Mm, I, literally, the only time I watch sports are when I'm with my friends. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, wow. So when you're not playing volleyball, what are you doing? Are you meditating? Are you building a spaceship at home? Are you no, uh, teaching like I old, said, you old know, ladies just... how to yodel? What's up? <laughs> um, I'm always hanging out with people. Um, I'm always trying to, you know, figure out ways to better myself. And I try to combine those two things and I do what I can to have fun. No, for sure. No, I get that. Do you, um, <laughs> weird question. Do you sing? No, I'm terrible at singing. <laughs> I love to dance and I'm also terrible at that, but absolutely tragic at singing. I like to dance. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a pubs over clubs person, but if you, if you take me to a club, they were like, wait, that's the Jason that says he doesn't like clubs. <laughs> Look at that dude, man. <laughs> I'm singing, of course. My my major in college is theater performance. My my BFA is in acting, so that includes a little bit of a little bit of that. I'm from a singing family, and and I miss the hell out of karaoke. I mean, this, the, if anything, the pandemic has taken away from me. It's my I do I did it twice a year, or twi no twice a week, two or three times a week. Tower twelve Thursday. You and Greg were probably just killing yeah. it, huh? Greg is, yo, Greg is good, man. Greg is good. He's he's got a good black and gold. He's got a good um, uh, fly me to the moon. He's got some Nat King Cole, um, unforgettable. Um, God, fly, um, yeah, fly me to the moon. I already said that. Me, I don't have a go-to. I sing everything, but um, Monday, me and Greg. Monday is, uh, is Hennessy's. Tennessee's karaoke night there. That's like a pub, like a pub style environment. And you know, Tower 12 is more of a club style environment. More right. all the songs are like dance oriented. But if there's anything the pandemic took away from me, it's a huge disappointment because when I'm not doing volleyball, that's when I'm, that's what I do. 
when your career, when your escapism, because volleyball is like our, you know, our life, and it's and it's also our escapism from like a real bullshit world. Uh, but when your escapism becomes your career, you need something else to escape to, so you can do your job. Like right, Absolutely. some people use volleyball as their escapism, so when they go back to work Monday, they can function like a mammal because they're happy because they got to do what they got to do. You know, some it's some it's a hobby. But me and you, I agree, it's just a way of life. It's not just, it's more uh, uh, than, for some people that don't understand the difference between a hobby and a lifestyle, um, and they're kind of the same thing, it's just a level. Like, it's like mm -hmm. hobby 3.0, <laughs> you know? Right, just so, level of commitment, for sure. Yeah, but with that being said, Ian, when it becomes your career, you need something else, another form of release. And for me, it was singing, because, again, I my major in college is theater, and I did shows for like five years before I made the decision to do volleyball full time as a coach and commentator. So, so, but that's, yeah, that's what I do <laughs> when I'm, when I'm not here, you know? So yeah, I, I could guess uh, when you started singing the little intro, I was like, all right, I see you. I and this see is, you. and that's me with my voice. Listen to my voice. I got, dude, I got a little diaphragm when on these podcasts, you hear a little bit of that DJ. You don't hear it now. I sound like, I, I truly sound like the guy from Brooklyn that you owe money to. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know why I'm here, right, Ian? You know why, I'm, you know why I'm here. He's like, yes. <laughs> it's like, good. Saves time. I was hoping this day would never come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a patient man. <laughs> I, and I've been waiting for a long time. <laughs> so, Ian, are you an ice cream guy or a cupcake guy? Man, great question. Ice cream, 100%. Me too. Where, where's your ice I cream? I love them both. Don't get me wrong. Where's your yeah. ice cream joint in Hermosa Beach? Help me out. Say that one more time. Where's your ice cream joint in um, Hermosa Beach? Ironically, you're going to laugh. Uh, it's probably Rite Aid in Redondo. Okay. Yeah, I love thrifty ice cream. Oh, thrifty? Cake and cotton candy. Like you get two massive scoops for like less than three bucks. Count me in. Where? Right. Right. Aid. Which one? Yeah. Uh, right off of Artesia and Aviation. Cool, man. But yeah, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Well, for and me, handles over in Torrance is also bomb. Handles. I'm gonna yeah, handles that. ice cream. It's like a pump pump thing. No, it's a, actually a window that you go up to. Uh, and you order, they have like two buck Tuesdays and the line's usually around the corner. Uh, I think it's off of like maybe PCH and Prospect. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Redondo Torrance area. Yeah. For me, there was a place called Tasty Delight. Um, it was a New York based ice cream place and there was only one in the entire state of California. It was in Santa Monica. And I would drive there. I would I would get a cooler, some ice, and I would pick up you know, four quarts because what well, flavors? Um, Oreos. They had a, a Lucky Charms flavor. Yeah, marshmallows they, only. I guess no, but it's, <laughs> it's it was the weirdest ice cream I ever tasted. I love Oreos and cream. Um, you know, I loved uh, French French vanilla. When someone makes a mean French vanilla, sometimes you don't put anything on top of that, and that's mm. a, that's about leaving well enough alone. But they just closed down, so now I don't have. That's the reason why I asked you because I don't have ice cream place now. But I would I'd make that drive because I like it. 
I like it a lot, and my wife Kelly, she likes it more. And we know we. I don't know. You're a young dude, but I'm. And don't let me get into the speech about happy wife, happy life. Um, you know, I make that drive. What they say? Yeah, I make that. I say I make that drive for her, but come on, I like it too. I'm playing myself. <laughs> but um, well, if you're looking for quality, I would definitely recommend Handles. Uh, Rite Aid is kind of like a lower quality, cheaper, but I love it. Tastes great. Actually, it's I'm a. Cheap. I'm a Google search handles. You said it's in Torrance, right? I think it's uh, Torrance or Redondo. It's like right on the edge right there. Let's check kind it out. Past the Riviera PCH. Handles. Homemade ice cream. Pacific Coast Highway. Redondo Beach. Let's plug it in. Let's see them. Let's see. A, I want to see a website that's not virus. <laughs> yeah. No, but what, what I was saying before. Um, for all of you, you guys out there, right? For all, and this is for these young cats, you know. And I'm always gonna call you a young cat because your little Asian persuasion is gonna make you look like that until you're like 60. All right? I've yeah, never, I have never met a middle-aged Asian. There, I've <laughs> met, I've met old ones. They skip that phase. <laughs> yes, I met old ones, and I met young ones, and nothing in between. Dude, you could be 40 right now. And I'm gonna stay 26, so I'm 45, and now I'm gonna turn 65. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Dude, look, I'm 50, but people, you see me, and you see middle age, even though I, I do look a little younger than 50. I look like a... a Contact like, tracers asked me how old you were. I was like, ah, probably like 35, 40. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I'm, I look like an ugly 35. I don't look like I'm 50. <laughs> so there it is, people. There's your handles. Oh, spelled like Handels. Like Handels. Handels. Like Handels Messiah. Okay, I get it. Four, one, two, what's a child is born? Um, cool, man. No, but the advice I'm gonna give you, and we're gonna we're gonna um, uh, cut this podcast short because I think I ran. You you give me nothing. I give you everything. <laughs> Not <laughs> playing. Um, for all of you young cats out there, if you are lucky enough to run into a girl that doesn't ask you for shit, if you're lucky enough for a girl to have a girl that lets you do your thing, she does her thing, but only asks you to do one or two three to one or two things. Just do the one or two things, man. Just do the one or two things. If your girl just says to rub her shoulders and get her some ice cream, and that's the only thing she's gonna ask you for for the rest of the month, don't be stupid, man. Don't don't be stupid. <laughs> just do those two things, you know, because it's not that hard. No, because people say to have that level of happiness, you have to sacrifice. Uh, um, yeah. And I'm when you're in a relationship, some people some people have to do things some things less, and and. A lot of people don't get into relationships is because they're, they they feel like they're too selfish. And, and I'm like, I can't have my cake and eat it too. I'm like, yes, you can have your cake and eat it too. Just run into the girl that lets you have your cake and eat it too. And when it's time to, right. when it's time to man up and do, 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 you know, do your thing like a real G should, then do that. Right. <laughs> Just do those two things. Do you have a girlfriend? No. No? Oh, she not. gonna be I mad. Oh, she gonna be mad. That girl you talked to. <laughs> I thought you said you were my boyfriend, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was... yeah. I've tried, man, but the way my life is, there's no shot. I do mm. way too much traveling, and I'm all over the place. Uh, it just doesn't work out uh, for one reason or the other, my end, their end. Uh, so right now, I'm kind of just like, all right, well, no matter what, I'm just gonna be single and. I love it, so There's I can't three, really complain. Three things you should, three careers you should you should not invest in a girlfriend or a wife with. That if you want any level of success, one, practicing law, okay. Two, ministering the word of God. <laughs> you hear me? And three, 
Um, playing beach volleyball, being being, and I mean, you you, you travel so much. So unless your partner is of a, a like-minded uh, profession and person and personality. Um, when I say personality, she understands sports and lets you do your thing. Right. And um, and again, you, you have a girl that just, you guys just kind of do your own thing. And at the end, you know, you're not worried about all that quality time, you know. Some, the, one of the professions you should have a family is politics. You you should not be single in politics because yeah, you're going to be so, shouting a red flag. so many things coming at you, <laughs> you know. So many, like, this 15 girls say this. And I'm like, I've never seen this girl before in my life. And they're like. Sure, you have any in <laughs> No, but you, you look, you're on the right path. I think you're, you're talented. Uh, you're young. Um, to my estimation, given the partners you have, you don't, you're not a partner where someone has to deal with their partner, if, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. absolutely know? i try not to bring luggage to the court yeah and when i sometimes it's luggage right but sometimes it's just personalities like fallon for moana um i like her energy like the way we've been taught right you, you want to be high but emotionally high but not too high because big waves crash right, right? The Peaks high, and valleys. yeah for every five points you get on the high you're going to give up nine on the low that's that's the mathematical description but with that being said, there are unicorns out there that start high and stay high. And they mm -hmm. are amazing fucking people about it like that. Like, like Fallon is a unicorn. Fallon, we need to take to the lab and like understand, dissect or whatever, and just understand why she's like that and how she can do that. But in partnerships, you have to have someone that can ride that wave with you without, dry, without drowning, without falling off the surfboard. So, so... It works for her and it gives her her success. And I sound like I'm critiquing her, but I'm also praising her. But she has to have someone that understands that and is along for the ride. That's why her and Alexa Strange had so much so much success. So, um, but with you, I think you're very interchangeable. I think if someone's high, I think okay, all right, I'm good with that. You know, if someone's introverted, I could play that way too. If someone's kind of like a control freak, where they're kind of doing that, I think you're interchangeable. Where you can take control and give up control. Because, as you know, in these in, in these beach partnerships, there's no such thing as 50-50. That's, that's, that's a lie. There's 50-50 is a lie. There's always, there's always going to be uh, what level is the curve of control. So, yeah, and it depends every time you step on the – it changes every time you step on the court. <laughs> yeah, because maybe you got a beat on it. Like, okay, I played these guys before. Um, you know, let's just – Let's just play wind ball until they adjust, right? Let me just, let me just two or four block on the ocean side. Let's just one one block, one or three on the, on the strand, and if they don't make the adjustments, we keep this way and we beat them. If they do, then we go from there. But, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I think ultimately uh, it comes down to understanding personality types uh, and trying the whole time you're just trying to figure out what can I do to make my partner perform at their highest level while still allowing myself to still compete at my highest level, right? As soon as you start taking away from your game, trying to help them out, you guys are gonna lose. Um, so it's really finding that balance and understanding, you know, are they a type A, type B personality type? What works for them might not work for other players that you've played with. Um, so I've had a lot of experience playing with a bunch of different partners. And I know that's kind of typical for a lot of players in the beach volleyball world. Um, but being able to find success doing that is a different story. Um, circling back to your question that you asked me earlier, 
about who is uh, one of my, you asked who is the best partner I've played with. Um, I'm going to change that a little bit and say one of the most enjoyable partners that I've ever played with was Dave McKenzie. Um, and I think the reason for that is because he is a Long Beach State alumni and we are of a different breed. Um, so it was nice to step on the court with someone who I knew, uh, I knew what I was going to get. And it was like having a brother on the court out there with me. He's so cool, um, man. Yeah. And we never trained. We ended up going and playing the Australia volleyball tour, uh, the pro league there. We played in their biggest event. We ended up losing 15, 13 in the finals to uh, Schumann and McHugh. McHugh. Um, mind you, Dave McKenzie tore his bicep digging a ball in the quarterfinal round, we were down 14-18 and came back and won 16-14. And just played through it, man. He's a stud, man. Yeah. And so that experience alone uh, made an easy f decision for me for that answer for the question is Dave McKenzie has been the most enjoyable partner that I've played with. Yeah. He was on the podcast. He, he, we did it. He, he's in Malaysia. And um, we actually, we chatted an hour and a half um I actually asked him about like a drug test, like a positive drug test. He's like, I don't want to talk about that. And he's changed it. He says, you know what? No, I do want to talk about that. It was like he had to go take a test and he didn't, I don't think he popped for anything. I think he just refused to spend the money to travel to go take the test. <laughs> so, so you see something that's on the internet about him popping for like a banned substance. He didn't pop for it. He, he just, he just didn't want to spend the money to go all the way there and take it. I think at the time he was in, um, Eastern Europe, and I think the test was to be conducted in Australia, and he's like, no. <laughs> so, I like him a lot. Yeah, it's like, are you going to pay for that trip? Hell, hell no, exactly. Yeah. No, because he, he wasn't, at that time, I, I mean, the league he was playing in, they were they didn't pay that kind of money. So, But I like your choice. I like your choice because experience means everything. Uh, comfortability with your partner uh, means means everything. You guys, um, and of course, in men's volleyball, this, this, um, you don't see too much of a brotherhood. You see more um, people following performance by leadership. You know, sit, uh, women's volleyball, 10 times, you're going to see their sisterhood in women's sixes. You know, in men's sixes, it's more like leadership. But you got a brotherhood like that, man. So that's awesome. God. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree. The, uh, the men's side, it definitely feels like um, more professional relationships, right? Uh, for example, Mark Burke and I played... Uh, for two years straight, basically. And we've played together before. We did a lot of travel tournaments, a few internationally. Uh, but the number of times that we hung out outside of volleyball, yeah, zero. Yeah, Mark, um, well, I don't even wear, I mean, in Mark's defense, I don't even know when he finds time to sleep. The guy is, he's the James. <laughs> he didn't sleep on our trips. He's always working. He's. I'm saying he's the James Brown of men's beach volleyball for, as a player. I mean, the heart, and when I say James Brown, like the hardest working man in America. Now we can't leave till we get this right. Nope, we're gonna stay till we get this right. So coaches, as Jeff Alzina, Jeff Jeff's a savage. Jeff Alzina is probably one of the best top three American beach volleyball coaches, possibly top three or four in the world. Um, but you're right, Mom, about Mark Burek. Yep. Did you go to the Potsdam Rumble with him? I did not. Never been, but I hear that's a great event. You listen, just get your Bengay ready. But you, it's a two day tournament <laughs> and I think you'll have a really good time. And as far as like fellowship and making fun and uh, um and have and being in a party atmosphere, yep. 
Yeah, man, you you would really like that. Baranix did it with Bill, and he 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 had he had a he had a blast, you know. Um, you played with Miles Evans in the Pan Am Games twice. Did you have did you have the same partner? Uh, I played with him in 2015, and I played with Mark in the 2019. Pan-Ams. 2019, cool. Where was uh 2015? Toronto. Toronto, that was cool. Yeah, man. best experience of my life. Hell yeah, Chinese Nine Man is good there too, man. You know. Yeah, they try to get me every year, but. They don't realize that that's the same weekend as uh, AVP Chicago. Yes, it is. Chinese Nine Man is huge. I'm as I'm. Let me tell you, I'm from New York, and the Strangers, um, New York, New Jersey, um, not founded, but the president is Danny Moy, and um, I played. I only played one year of college. I was at Hunter College for a cup of coffee, and only because. They were D3, but they had a D1 schedule, D2 and D1 schedule. And it, and it was a CUNY school, so I got my cheap on. But I was there for one semester. And then I was like, you know, forget this school shit. But Danny Moy um, was on that team. Um, and they introduced me to Chinese Nine Men. And, and in New York, it's in Chinatown. And it's on, you know, asphalt. It's on concrete. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it looks like a ton of fun and very, very competitive. I affectionately refer to it as uh, controlled chaos. <laughs> right because because it's if you look anyone that's ever seen men's sixes and just watching the middle run or maybe watching an oppo run, run like a back one front one or a shotgun and then then of course you know um the evol the revol evolution to revolution of the back real quick it's like every time the ball's passed the entire house is coming to the net um, right. this guy's running the 31 you know because you know, you want to see if the middle blocker is going to move with him or if the team is playing soft zone, if the outside blocker is going to pick it up, you know, in which case maybe you run a go, you know, to, to have more line and this and that. God, I can go on. I, I love, as you can tell, I love indoor volleyball. So, Must have um, been a setter. <laughs> yes, that's me, man. I'm always looking. At, I always run a 31 just to see what, if who picks it up. You run a back one or a 31, and if the middle picks it up, then – then you can you got 30 we go 31 straight front too in fact with the outside just come in the the outside's doing this he's moving here he's doing this he's moving here this one boom just wait right that middle takes a jerk step outside has all that cross court in the world man abc you later so um actually i'm looking for footage on chinese nine men because i actually covered i was doing volleyball media for volleyball one-on-one and during july um and i it was at ase in 2016. Chinese man. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, Chinese Nine Man was at ASC, so God. Where is it? I just want to see warm-ups. These guys are just I just want to show everybody plays, just like how they run plays. It is controlled chaos, my man. Let's do Chinese Nine Man. Let's go with NY varsity since YouTube. Yeah, talk about eye work for blocking. You really have to be good with your eyes and getting it on the attacker because you have how many are allowed to attack in Chinese that man? Everybody actually. No way. Yeah. That's insane. So, well, some of them run five front row, four back row. Some of them run six. Riding the top of the table, going out of bounds. There's a side out for Con X. So let's um. Eight seven. This is the one I actually take. This is the finals. Connex, as you know, Connex, as you know, is like one of the top teams at San Francisco. I think. No, Smash. Connex is Toronto. Did you see that though? They're running back one, front one, shotgun, um, go ball, and um, red. And they still had three blockers up on that attack. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean. 
I call it control chaos. So for the people listening at home, Chinese nine man, there's a penetration rule. You're allowed to go above the net, but um, you're not allowed to penetrate on the other team's side. So you can't get around these three man blocks, but they they literally just create a wall. You know. Also, if you hit the ball into the net and play it off the net, that does not count as a hit. Wow. And, and the third rule is just like beach volleyball, block does count as a hit. So when you see the dig. Um, the dig is trying to create something that looks like a de facto option, you know, oh, wow. right? So, so those are the three rules. And but once you understand the rules, and once you practice those rules, and once you get your system, like you said, good setter, good hitters, it is controlled chaos. It is so much fun, dude. And I'm surprised. I mean, I, I mean, I'm so racist. I'm like, he's Chinese. He has to know what Chinese nine man is, you know? You're like, nope, yeah, never heard well, of it, China. <laughs> yeah. The right woo, my man woo. So cool, man. So what else? What's the last movie you saw? Um, let's War Dogs. War Dogs. Freaking awesome. Is that Jonah um Hill? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Oof. Let me tell you something. The military industrial complex is a real thing. I know on a political level, my man, anybody that runs against them. You will be gaslighted. You will have stuff made up about you, uh, or and if there's anything out there that's true, they're gonna find it. Suicide. Yes. Yeah. But if there's anything true about you, they're gonna find it. And if anything's not true, they're gonna make something up. And if you go against the military-industrial complex, you too will be shunned. Um, On the Republican side, Ron Paul. You know, right? Happened to him. On the Democratic side, Tulsi Gabbard. She's one of my 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 favorite uh, Hawaiian congressperson. I mean. She's been called an Assad apologist, a, um, a Russian plant, you know. So, but what do all of these people have in common? They 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 run their their platforms on anti-war, anti-regime changing wars. But but War Dogs really shows how much money that is that there isn't in it. My God, good movie though. Yeah. Good movie. Who else is in it besides Jonah? Um, I forgot the lead. Who's the lead? Man, I don't. Uh, don't, I don't matter. Remember. <laughs> don't matter. Man. You ever see The Wire? HBO. No, what's that about? The Wire is about um, Baltimore Police Department that developing a wire a wiretap to um, infiltrate, um, um, dr- you know, drug kingpins. So season one, they're on the wiretaps on cell phones, and then the, the what happens is the cool thing about the Wire is the, the drug people get smarter. All right, you're on my cell phones. Boom, we're gonna use t- pay phones. All right, cool, you're gonna use pay phones. All right, good, we're gonna use burners. And so, you know what a burner is? A burner uh, is a burner is you go to the store, you buy a cell phone that has um, 50 minutes on it, and then when you're done, you either throw it out or you um or you refill it. So, the cool thing about a burner is that you have to to get a to get a warrant on a wiretap, it takes a month. So, so by the time you get a wire or, or a tap on the phone, they already threw it out. Right. So it's just weird watching these hoppers and these low-level drug people um, try to stay a, a, a step ahead of the game on that. And, and every season, first season's the drugs, second season's like the dock workers, third is like politics, fourth is like the school kids in the school system selling drugs, and the fifth is like uh, how elections. So in, intelligently written, um, but they went from cells to payphones, to burners, to text messaging, to picture picture messaging, which is hard you, to get a wire on, right? So, yeah, so yeah. Um, the one it's a it's an ensemble cast, but the guy who stands out is Dominic West. 
plays Officer McNulty. He's a Brit that puts on the perfect Baltimore accent. Okay, but I'm gonna leave that with you before I, before we leave we leave everybody else. It's called The Wire. Very easy name to remember. Check it out. You know, on on your plane trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. So listen, before we bounce, um, people want to get to know Ian Ian Satterfield. Where can they look for you? Man, I, I got a Instagram. My handle is Ian I A N underscore Satterfield S A T T E R F I E L D. Um, I also have a website, insatterfield.com. But uh, the best place to reach me or keep up to date is through Instagram for sure. Instagram? Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah IG's. Look, you're a young cat, man. IG's the way to go. All right, people. So Ian might love you, but me, I don't like any of you. In fact, I can't stand you. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on your droid, <laughs> for all of you on your desktop who runs the world, old school, old school for Ian Satterfield. I'm Jason DeBias, and I speak for the both of us when I say we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.